Welcome to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. I'm Scott, and I thank you for joining us. Today's episode dives deep into the subterranean world of Bugs in the Basement, an enigmatic and prolific musical duo. The duo consists of Hermann and Justin, two versatile musicians based in the northwestern edge of the 48 U.S. states. From this lonesome perch, they've been quietly adding to a vault of live improvised musical journeys through weekly sessions now in their seventh year. That's unique, but consider this. They record all of it and put it on the internet for free public consumption. Their website, bugsinthebasement.com, is the central depot. They also produce the Bugs in the Basement podcast. Both update weekly as new musical pieces come to life. Each piece is like a novel unto itself. In most sessions, Justin and Ermann spontaneously generate a single track that's between 60 and 90 minutes in length. I've listened to dozens of sessions and have never heard the same thing twice. Justin and Ermann use a wide range of tools in their sessions, each working at an elaborate workstation. For example, electric pianos, a Hammond organ, flutes, melodica, an acoustic drum kit, djembe, bombo, xylophone, wooden tongue drums, cajon, various electric and acoustic six-string guitars, 12-string guitar, lap steel guitar, various bass guitars, harmonicas, didgeridoo, drum synthesizers, analog and digital synthesizers, MIDI controllers, and various instruments they've crafted, such as a kalimba made from windshield wiper blades and a zafoon made from PVC pipe. But to simply list the instruments would miss the more important point, that they make sounds any way they can, in free-flowing live sessions, without scripting. In an age of highly produced music, it's tempting to hear things as factory-made. But many of Bug's sounds are actually organic, others are electronic, and they fit together seamlessly in a way that can defy familiar pictures we may have of live performance. beginning 2014 we were already setting up a little stereo a little stereo recorder open we were playing open with with uh with speakers right so with amps and speakers and stuff and we always we started kind of like as a as a uh, way to analyze what we're doing and just oh cool but you know how it is it's different experience from playing than from listening so um it was kind of documented for us to just review yeah and to go home and, and listen to just see if there was magic there see if there was something going on because we were just kind of jamming and hanging out and 
and it was fun to just at the you know at the, at the end of the week go home and say oh what what happened it was just a, a, a not so good quality open mic recording yeah and there was no uh, there was no intention of any sort of like quality editing or anything we were just open mics hearing the glasses hearing the little <laughs> snacks on, on top of the piano or whatever <laughs> and it, it was just for that and yeah. we would like record three hours at a, at a night with lots of signs in the middle or different sections and then we refer to thing. oh that was cool that, I liked the thing and mm-hmm. we start off without any any preconceived ideas and and ends up being a journey as opposed to I don't know a song or or a track I guess there's no there's no duration expectations there's no um, yeah it kind of defines the experience more than you know more than a category and I think probably where that came from was us just trying to like define it give an answer to what it was that we were doing not not really the other way around. Not that we had a, a concept or a, a, a vision about what we wanted to do and then chase down how to do that. It was more the other way around. And once we got down the road, we were like, how do we explain what this is? Yeah, and so we sense. just looked for the, the, the easiest fluid way to describe it. There is no session planned. there was quite a big jump from the early days of us just hanging out and recording and going home and listening. We had no, there was no construct. We didn't know if we were starting a band or if we were going to play live or get other members or learn cover tunes or there, there was no, nothing had been developed. And so as things evolved, we slowly added gear and, and, and problem solved and came up with new ways just to make, I think probably just to make the recordings that we were listening to sound better. As the years went on, we kind of locked ourselves into the basement because we inevitably got so much gear and, and so many cables and connections and routing and stuff that it, it became impossible for us to even consider going out and playing live. And I think the podcast probably came around because of that. We were locked into a closed environment and yet we still wanted to uh, connect, you know, connect our art or music or whatever with, with people. But the website started first. Yeah, I was going to say that, that it's more like things crept little by little, like suddenly we said, well, we have all these sessions, and we'll just, we'll just, we'll just put it out there, and we put it out there, then we, it's, it's all part of creative thing, then Instagram, oh, we can do little snippets of videos, like uh, instead of an hour session or two hour session, you can listen to 30 seconds or 45 seconds with something cool that, or whatever, cool, that I recorded or he recorded or filmed, and and suddenly you know, podcast we can do podcasts and it's like it's just different ways to keep you busy doing things that you like to do I think it allows us to let go a little bit too
for a while it was more fighting uh, technical difficulties and that's what the bugs because if you say bugs in the basement everybody associates the, the, the shortest image possible bugs crawling on a basement uh, or that we are the bugs in the basement and it was it's not <laughs> a lot a lot of technical difficulties <laughs> uh, we were defined by our technical difficulties for years and uh, and a lot of it was just figuring out how to route sound and how to monitor ourselves and 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 being able to set up i mean each week it'd be like we both have a musical past so we had a lot of gear and so i just would show up and bring my mixing board and herman would be like oh i've got this you know this piece of gear we would just slowly start adding things but every time you added something it it, it posed a, a difficult problem which was how to integrate it into the system um we, we kind of kept logs <laughs> for a while of how things were being routed and interfaces and and clocks and computer programs and all of this stuff that was slowly building. Um, but the, the technical bugs were... Uh, persistent. Very persistent, <laughs> yeah. are two people there's moments in which we might sound like we're eight you're playing something and Justin grabs the guitar plays something and then it likes that and wants to build upon that or I want to build upon that so it gets printed on, on, on looper and then free frees our hands and brains to do things on top and there's no overdubbing I mean overdubbing yeah. is live no, on the moment It kind of made us be accountable for what we were doing. So the steps along the way kind of defined us.
Well, a session is like when you say a journey, that's the word. It's a journey. Imagine a train going from the east coast to the west coast. I mean, things are going to be changing gradually, and it's not going to be abrupt. And, and, and it just, yeah, it starts a certain way. And uh, and like like we said before many times, because there's no plan, we're very open to whatever uh, shows up. And and this is for me kind of a really cool thing to bring up, which is kind of what Justin was saying before with a band you need to have a songwriter and he needs a, a good drummer okay so he has a good drummer um, and our roles are for what we've been talk we haven't played in dif- in, together in other bands in the past but uh, we were not the loudest musicians on, on, on our bands there is something to be say to be said that um, and we, in the beginning we used to say that all the time we listen more than we play and I don't, I don't know if that's true but the essence is that um, yeah I, I, I just I'd like to add that I think that comes from both of us being uh, you know accompaniment you know like we, we've played instruments in the past that that there's always been a driving force behind the bands that we were in and we were accompanying whatever that driving force was so when we got together there was no driving force there was no uh, no no ego that was saying, "Hey, let's start a band," and these are the songs I want to do. So we ended up accompanying each other, and I think that's probably where our dynamic really comes from. Is because as we build parts, we just listen and try to support each other's parts as we play, and in the end, we support the actual session. Or what is happening? We are both so willing to be uh, not pushy that we're constantly getting surprised by what suddenly happened, and then we will talk maybe after the session, after we finish, and we're taking things down, and we're just like, "Wow, isn't that crazy?" The four minutes when you brought that, and I brought this, and it's it's the funnest thing, and it is. Um, I think it's a direct, not a direct consequence. It's, it's an analogy to when we start first playing together. I'm pretty sure we both kind of say, wow, he's not putting his amp at 11.
As a listener, I find that the scale of these musical journeys changes me. It forces me to rediscover patience in a frenetic, overcharged world. When I make that leap, I've found that I'm rewarded by gradual and surprising twists and turns. I regularly land in new destinations without consciously realizing how I got there. It allows people to engage on whatever level they want to engage on. So if you, if you want to sit down and put your headphones on, which we highly recommend, and get absorbed in it, then, uh, then, then great. That's a, that's a great experience. That's what we do. And uh, if you want to put it on while you clean the house or go for a walk, it's, uh, it, they can all be different experiences and you can, uh, you can choose your level of involvement. And uh, it does have a, you know, it does have a, a meditative experience to it. I know we're still learning how to navigate this world. It took us, what would we say, six years to, to figure it out and get this far, but we haven't even begun challenging ourselves to all of the potential arrangement ideas and, and, and different ways to just produce sound. We are planning on doing this for a while. Yeah, if, if, if we're having fun, why why stop or why have any expectations of different things? It's 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 evolving under our own yeah. hands. Well, as we play, and uh, yeah, that's one thing that's nice. It's like we we're, we're creating this universe. There there is no there is no outside pressure. There's no expectations. There's as as long as the two of us agree on the direction that we're going in and, and like we stated before we're both we're both pretty open-minded yeah. Um, yeah there's a long there's a long journey ahead
In my discussions with Bugs in the Basement, I came to understand a critical musical ingredient. It's subtle, but powerful. They are both wired to listen and adapt rather than define and impose an agenda. This state of mind opens both up to true collaboration and a place where work of art can emerge in real time. This set has featured the music of Bugs in the Basement. Their album, Volume 1, is available through Right Brain Records. Check out their own podcast called, simply, Bugs in the Basement. You've been listening to the Right Brain Music Podcast, presented by Right Brain Records. You can visit us at rightbrainrecords.com. Farewell for now. Join us next time.